Three, two, one, action. What's up, guys? Welcome to Two Beers Deep with Deke and Greg. This is our uh, fifth episode. Our fifth episode, Greg. Boy, time flies by. Yeah, no, and I, a, a buddy of mine, Pen, Ben Petrel, was talking about how yeah, him and his buddies heard a study that podcasts stop after their seventh episode. Oh, uh, we're going to break through that easily. Yeah, I was like, with like practice recordings and stupid stuff, I probably have ten episodes recorded that we didn't know how to put out to the world. Yeah, well, when did we start this? Like, we easily did this in, like, what, September, October? Yeah, like, I mean, we reached out, and, well, you and I just met for the first time and talked about it because I knew I wanted to do it, and then um, Lily... Shout out to Lily. Give us her handheld microphone because she does so much with YouTube that we would record on that. And then um, I just went out and bought <laughs> that crap. And, and, and then your family members decided, hey, this is a good idea. Let's just build our entire Christmas present around yes. this idea. <laughs> and then I actually had to do, do it, which was the frustrating part. Because, like, you don't have to do anything until your family gets involved. Like, I could be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. And it's like, oh, I didn't do it yet. Hey, hey, that's love right there, man. That's how you yeah. know it's golden. It's ambition on something that's not mm-hmm. yours, which is good to have. Also, shout out to your brother, Nico, who's got me two and a half beers deep before this podcast even started. So Yeah, yeah. he did get us these mic stand yeah. holders, which is glorious. Mm-hmm. So, um, but no, so let's get into just, you know. The funnest thing about this week, the very first week of February. What else is there to cover? What else is there aside from the Super Bowl? Can we cover the Puppy Bowl? I will say well, that would be a better game. That would be um, a better game, actually. I, I do say, you know, it snuck up us on, on us this year. I really oh, didn't see God. it coming, the Super Bowl. Which uh, is crazy because it was both of the number one seeds, too. Well, no, I just meant the date more than anything. Like, I can't believe it came so quick. Like, I forgot it was the first week of February. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I realized it was Groundhog's Day before I realized it was the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, that, that says a lot right there. Uh, so, no, let's just – I mean, I don't want to get I don't want to get too in-depth in it, obviously. But let's talk a little bit about it. Let's I really talk. don't want to either. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> we have to. Yeah, we do. We do. So let's talk a little bit about, as my mic breaks a little bit. Um, We're still learning, people. Just remember that. We are still learning. So who's more surprising to you? And I know it's not surprising the Patriots and Super Bowl, but with Dante Hightower and Joel Edelman going down and them starting pretty bad in the beginning of the season, or the Eagles? Like, which team are you like, oh, I didn't – there was a point of the season I was low on them, and I didn't think they'd get here. Because everyone assumes the Patriots get there. But there's when Edelman went down, I was like, oh, cool. This is probably the year they're not going. <laughs> well, for me, I'm not going to lie. It, this is going to be the casual fan reaction. But as soon as Carson Wentz went down with the injury, I thought there's no oh, way, yeah, they're, yeah, there's yeah, no totally. way they're getting to the Super Bowl. No totally. way. And it, it's not like I, I distrust you know, Nick Foles or something like that. It's just when you lose your starting quarterback who's had an MVP-like season, I mean, like, what are you to – what do you expect? 100%. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say this. Nick Foles has kind of proved me wrong. He did a great job in the playoffs so far, and I'm saying that with an asterisk so far because now he's going up against the Patriots. And for some unknown reason, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have essentially just kind of switched gears, and they become the, the Wonder Twins. Wonder Twin powers activate! <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. I, I enjoy I remember last year we went and saw with my family a uh, a musical during the Super Bowl. And I like, it was half, it was like right before halftime. I was like, oh, I hate you, mom. Like, 
It's twenty one to three. Wait, like, wait, what was the musical? Something rotten. It was at the Benedum. Uh, oh, my mom went to that. Fuck, I can't remember the name of it though. Uh, yeah, it was actually called something rotten, actually. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> oh, Greg. No, it's called something rotten. It's it actually good. is called something rotten. Very good. Um. So no, uh, Super Bowl coverage. I mean, really. What are you looking forward to? I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing if they can rush four on Brady. I feel like that's the only way to beat Brady in Jacksonville. I think shot themselves in the foot as well did Atlanta last year as well did pretty much every team that plays them. I agree with you completely. And this is actually the one area where the Eagles have the advantage because of the fact that their front four, it's not that they're good. It's the fact that they're deep. And so yeah, okay, the, I can agree it, with that. It, it's, it's the fact I was that, wondering where you're going to go with that. Right, right. It's the fact that they have so much depth on that front four that you can just alternate, and then you'd have fresh bodies on that line. And if something that has been proven so far with the Patriots is that Brady struggles in pressure lately. And it's a, it's actually been proven over the last few years he has struggled when there's been pressure in his face. And it's also yeah. kind of – it's telling, too, because when – in the Super Bowls that he lost to the New York Giants, that was when they had their – best defensive lines if you think about it yeah man Strahan was JPP there yeah JPP so was, so was with Yuman, all his fingers oh so you mean you are yeah yep. yeah and you need a couple miracle plays I think you need to you need to have as much luck as you do talent to beat the Patriots I agree and, and I mean the Patriots need their fair share of luck too look at the Edelman catch last year um Marshawn Lynch not running the ball. Yeah, you the, get some luck. The Edelman catch is something that no one talks about, too, which I, I feel like they should because it was a great play. Yeah, but I love Joe Edelman. I, I, I hate, hate him. I hate him. I hate him, but I love him. I do, too. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the, the coaches. I think this might be the last year of the reign of the Patriots because of McDaniel and Matt Patricia leaving. I know I called See, Patricia going to the Lions because of rumors, and um, I like uh, Daniel's going to the Colts because it's basically the best option he had. Could have taken the Giants, could have taken a couple other teams, but really you have Andrew Luck. So. I, I agree. Uh, if Andrew Luck is healthy, I could definitely see McDaniels doing a great job at Indy, and because I like that pairing of Chris Ballard as the GM and him as the yeah. Yeah, yeah. and him as the coach because, I mean, let's be honest, Grigson and Pagano was Grigson's just— Grigson's a piece of shit. Grigson was terrible. He's a piece of shit. No, but like Ballard understands like how to build a football team. He so I think how to be a human. Yeah, and at least like him and McDaniels can kind of build it right, and— I've been to Detroit. I've I've been there. Like the city is dying for a winner, and I think Patricia yeah. is kind of the guy. You know, he he strikes me as like that blue collar mentality that fits Detroit, and not just that, but I think they have a very good team. If you have a franchise quarterback, and Stafford has proven to be a franchise quarterback, I think he can do very well there. What's the first thing if you're Patricia that you're going after on that team that you want to either fix or enhance or? Because um, I know my answer, and it probably might be different than yours. Run game. 100%? Yeah, yeah. no, I thought you were no. going to go linebackers because you're no, 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 no. I, I love – they have Gerard Davis right now that they drafted last year who I really yep. love as, like, the face of that linebacking core. But, dear it's just God. just a young – like, I mean, that's talented, but it's young, and I right. think their core could be better because they have a good defense. Right, and I think the big thing with them is that they actually – like did a good job in addressing the O line because they got Taylor Decker, who's like their franchise yep. left tackle yeah, right yeah. now. And I and um, oh, who was the guy they got from Green Bay? I can't remember his name. Was uh, it Lang? Yeah, yeah, was yeah. T okay. J Lang. Yeah. yeah. So I think because I knew there was a guy Green Bay sent someone to them, and the Vikings sent someone, and they those three right, teams right, traded yeah. linemen. So I, I I think the Amir Abdullah 
experience or the Amir Bilo project. What a freak is just, athlete, yeah, piece of crap. I don't understand like what's gone wrong with him. Why like, do him and Theoretic suck? Because Theoretic isn't bad, but he's a third down scat back. He's not a good running back, and Amir Abdullah is a freak athlete that well, the, just can't figure it out. The problem with Theoretic is that they put him in the wrong situations. Yeah, he yeah, should be on the Patriots. He, <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good point. <laughs> um, no, I agree. I, I, I address the run game there. There's a couple teams that need. Everyone looks at the quarterback teams, and that's because if you have a quarterback, you're going to win. Now, granted, you got the Case Keenum year, the Blake Bortles year, the Nick Foles year, but if you look at that, Blake Bortles is there because of a defense. Case Keenum is there because, one, he played great, but the defense and that offense are outstanding, and Nick Foles is there because Carson Wentz had a great year, and Nick Foles is a good backup. Right. So I don't think you can win in the NFL without a franchise quarterback. No, absolutely not. I think this year was just a massive outlier just because of all the – differing things that were going on yeah, with those teams at the and time. to be fair, look at the guys that made the playoffs. I mean, the Saints, the Falcons, the, the Saints Panthers. should have been in the NFC Championship game. I'm still saying yeah, that. Yeah, I'm just saying that all the teams yeah. that made it traditionally, they had quarterbacks, or the guys that won had quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, all right, so who's your, what's your Super Bowl pick and your score, and, and what do you think? Uh, actually, here's a question for you. What yeah. is the, what's the spread on the Super Bowl, actually? Excuse my typing as I check. I think it's okay. People enjoy I the typing. I know the Eagles are still dogs. Oh, the Eagles have to be dogs. There's no way around it, right there. Let's see. Yeah. Those people don't know what they're talking about, so we're gonna get past that one. CBS Sports, I don't is know. Like, I CBS Sports is the only place that I actually get coverage and is not blocked in my workplace, so I'm kind of happy. I about feel that. like it was five and a half on somebody's. Five and a half. Okay. But I don't know. I feel like it was a touchdown, and a lot of that has to do because think about it. The Patriots have never won a Super Bowl over three points. Like, every Super Bowl they've won has been by three points. That is true. Which is insane to think about. Yeah, it, it is actually because when you think about it, like, Vinatieri has always been kind of like the golden boot for them in the early years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, the Patriots are four-and-a-half-point favorites as of uh, February 1st. So Four-and-a-half. Today. Okay. I would – if I was a betting person, I would still take the Eagles. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Patriots haven't won – you know, I just said it. Like, the Patriots right, right. historically win by a field goal in overtime or on the last-minute drive. And so I think that's a fair a fair line. And I really, in my opinion, I don't see them as an underdog at a four-and-a-half-point line. If you're an underdog at four-and-a-half points, that is just because they had to pick an underdog. Right. And here's a bigger question for you. If Carson Wentz was actually healthy, what would the spread be? I think it would be a pick em. If Carson Wentz was healthy and they were in the same situation, and Carson, obviously, I think he would have played better than Foles, so the team would look better. Yes. I don't think they would have been dogs in either of their first two games. So I think it would they still, would probably, it would, I think they'd be favored by two and a half. Really? Yeah. It, even though it was one versus one? Yeah. I mean, the reason behind it, though, is because the Patriots aren't as good as a team on paper as the Eagles. And if Carson Wentz was healthy, you have to assume that he balled out in the last two games where they were favorites. Right. So obviously the Patriots were favorites, this and that. I It might be a push, but I it, I'm, I would have guessed Eagles by 2.5. The only thing that would scare me, though, is the fact that the Eagles, you saw what they're capable of by just dominating the Vikings, and the Vikings have yeah. a much better defense than the Patriots do. But, yeah. in the, but in the end, though, this is still the Patriots, and this is the Super Bowl. You you can't just kind of, like, look at the regular season and say, this is what's going to happen. It, big games, like, you rise to the occasion. So what's your uh, what's your, your final score I so say, we can get away from this talk? Yes, because I, I hate this <laughs> shit. Uh, I'm going to say the Eagles, uh, four and a half underdogs. I say the Patriots cover. 
and they win. No, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to say the Eagles actually cover, but I'm going to say that it's going to be by three. Uh, I'm going to say 31-28, and it'll be a Goskowski field goal with 52 seconds left. Mm-hmm. I said 27-24, Pats. Okay. Um, in the same ballpark. I, I, You know what? Honestly, I think it's going to be won by a touchdown this time. I do. Okay. Um, just because it, it can't. It can't be a field goal again. Yeah, we we can we could talk about like all the all the scenarios like who's gonna cover Gronkowski and stuff like that, but really this is New England who we despise more than anything. And it's the Philadelphia yeah, Eagles mean, who we just who, And I yeah. think I think to be fair, a lot of Steelers fans are idiots in my mind and oh, the reason no, behind absolutely. it is because and I'm one of them, but I, I we, am one too. I'm not gonna We knocked so who was it? The Bengals sent Jacksonville a bunch of stuff for beating us and someone text or someone tweeted could you imagine being so obsessed with a franchise you can't beat and I tweeted back you mean like the Steelers and the Patriots yeah like I, I I'm, I'm just being completely honest I, I and I take back what I say not a lot of Steelers fans are stupid they're being stupid and assuming that being obsessed with the Patriots is healthy it's not. I think if we play – realistically, the Steelers teams should be in the Super Bowl every year for talent alone right. and skill. And if we weren't so concerned about, all right, hey, we're playing the Patriots in the championship. Well, we didn't even make it. I mean, Mike Mitchell out there crying about, oh, we can play him in Haiti. We can play him in hell. We're going to win. Bro, you got a team to get through first. Yeah. Like that. that's something that really kind of bugged me. And first off, Mike Mitchell needs to go. Uh, I'm gonna say that right now, Mike Mitchell. Yeah, needs to we're gonna go, go back hard in the draft, but I think they take that. I, I'm targeting the kid out of Alabama. I think a lot of people are. Ronnie Harrison, yeah. my boy. I had a dream we took him, to be honest, and it was because you and I were sitting there watching the draft in this dream. I don't know why. I think it was. I we listened to the draft day podcast a lot, or the first draft, excuse me. Yes. Um. Then I had a dream that we took him, and we were right, and I was like, oh, cool. Did and we Did we have beer in front of us and pizza too, half eaten? Super weird. We were drinking the pizza and eating the beer. Holy and hell. And it tasted great. All right, so we are done with Super Bowl coverage. Three months is going to be a long way, people. Now, again, guys, this is dropping probably on um, – I mean, I'm gonna, I might actually try and edit this and, and drop it before the Super Bowl. Wow, but that's ballsy here's, of you. here's what Greg and I would be like after the Super Bowl. <laughs> wow, Greg, I can't believe we were both right in our score prediction. The game Holy was hell. The game was 24-27 and – 28-31. It was an unbelievable game to have two scores. It's and amazing. We're both right. We are goddamn psychics. Who I think thought? the most impressive part was the fact that Ben Roethlisberger cashed in the money at the bank briefcase and came out and scored the game winner for the Steelers, and we got it. That I, was unbelievable. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Hey, I didn't know the money in the bank briefcase applied to the NFL, but goddamn yeah. it, Roger Goodell is a man of the people, and he listens to and us. And I just want to say that the one commercial about that one food product that my family has that was funny was very funny really yeah and so was that commercial by the body wash that your boyfriend uses yeah that was i mean i I think it was probably either axe or old spice yeah that was funny yeah but unfortunately the insurance commercial where they try to make things funny but it turns out to be really sad and depressing was Mm -hmm. not so well and i couldn't believe that cheryl at the super bowl party would not shut up God, oh, unbelievable. God damn it. You are a fucking asshole. All right, back to the present. All right, so let's talk about a little more um, a little more football. Let's I talk mean, about stuff that we're actually interested in, please. Boobs. Titties. 
Yeah, okay, that Lego. lists off all the things that Greg and I are interested in. <laughs> so the big trade in the NFL, obviously, was the Alex Smith trade. And I think the biggest reason that it surprised people was, one, you don't see starting quarterbacks get dealt in a trade. No. And, two, the trade technically can't go through yet. No, it can't go into effect until the new year begins, yep. which is, I believe, mm-hmm. March. The end of March, I think, was what they were saying on ESPN. Is it? Because I – uh, whatever. I mean, it's going to be sometime in March. Let's That's just like say March 1st. For March 1st. Yeah. Like, screw it. Let's go. Um, so the actual trade is Alex Smith going to um, Washington for a third-round pick and Kendall Fuller. Now, this is something that actually kind of surprised me a lot because, first off, Kendall Fuller was a first-round draft pick for uh, the Washington Redskins. Well, He was graded as a first-round draft pick, but because of the injury that he occurred at Virginia Tech, he kind of dropped a little bit. But his talent is there. Like, he's a really, really good slot corner. And I think if you give him, like, the time and patience, he could be a great cover corner for them. But I remember remember the big ass— Did Washington use him at all? Just out of curiosity, I don't know much. No, 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 they, they, they did. He, okay. was, he was actually like, uh, first off, I'm not going to put a lot of stock in pro football focus because that's fucking Chris Collinsworth's thing. But at the same time, though, like he, focus, uh, fuck off. But at the same time, though, uh, he was graded as a really good nickel corner. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think if you give him the opportunity, and especially with that secondary in Kansas City where you already got, um, where you got Eric Berry and oh, that team would have been different. With yeah, Barry, man. yeah, it would have been. But like, man. I I really like Kendall Fuller. I think it's a good deal for Kansas City. And also, it's the Patrick Mahomes era, man. Yeah, I I sent out a tweet, and I'm standing true to this. Um, I sent out the tweet that said, despite Deshaun Watson's amazing rookie season, Patrick Mahomes will head and shoulders be known as the best quarterback from that draft. Reason being. For two reasons for me. One, I have never seen a guy throw the way he can throw. And by that, I don't mean the hardest or the longest, but, like, there's a couple plays of him in college where he's running away from linemen, and he just does a little hop turn and throws it from his hip for 50 yards on a dime. He's kind of like – I mean, everyone I remember, like, his big thing was, like, he could be the next Brett Favre just because of how much of a defensive he is. Yeah. Now, his big issue was he was in an air raid offense and this and that. He was the number one guy on the Chiefs board over everybody. That's why they traded up for him, obviously. Yeah, and and you know what? To bench him for a year I think was genius. And I think putting with a coach like Andy Reid, Andy Reid is one of the most analytically offensive smart coaches I've ever seen. Like, I, I honestly say I think he's one of the best offensive coordinators ever, but he's head coach. Um, I like him as a coach, too, but, I, man, he'd be the perfect offensive coordinator. Okay, how much here, – here's the big question, though. Like, if you look at the Chiefs right now, replacing Alex Smith with Patrick Mahomes. Now, Alex Smith, the big thing with him was that he was one of the smarter yeah. quarterbacks. He never made mistakes. His, his touchdown-to-interception ratio was probably one of the best we will ever see. Granted, you're going to get a lot of interceptions with Patrick Mahomes. You are, but you, also you I, are. Think, I think Mahomes – and the reason that I think that they are going with Mahomes now more than him and Alex, Mahomes has the opportunity to make Tyreek Hill the best player in the league. Mahomes has an arm that can drop a ball over the shoulder anywhere he wants. Okay. And if you actually learn that and learn the offense and get a gadget guy like Hill, who Hill might be top three fastest guys in the NFL, definitely top three oh, wide receivers. Ab- absolutely. I mean, he's, he's a freak athlete. The big issue was, and Alex Smith got him the ball deep. But that if you true. have a gunslinger like – I mean, 
and, and there's nothing against Smith, but if you put Tyreek Hill on the Saints, on the Lions, on the Chargers, like anybody that is just a gunslinger type guy, I think he has a better year than what he had, and he's a great wide receiver. I think Mahomes offers that team a, a higher ceiling, I, but I can a much lower floor. Because Alex Smith is a safe, you're going to get to the playoffs. He's not a dink and dunk guy. Like people think he's a bad quarterback. He's not. No, he, he's absolutely not. If, not. If you say he is, you really don't know football, and everyone says numbers, this and that. Realistically, all he does is what the coaches ask of him, and that's probably. I mean, and you should never lose your job over injury. The Colin Kaepernick thing was bullshit, in my opinion. Although yeah. Colin Kaepernick was amazing, mm-hmm. and you can't hate on that. And you he play had the one. Hand. He had one good playoff run. Let's be real about that. No, yeah, yeah, one yeah. good playoff run. He was outstanding that run. But Alex Smith got that team to where they were, and I've gone in arguments with people who said that was Kaepernick's team. Like you don't understand what Alex Smith was—a number one overall pick that had a ton of coaching turnover. Finally got Harbaugh. Was great with that. That's a super. He would have been a Super Bowl winner. Uh, in my opinion, if they go to the Super Bowl that year with him. I agree. I, it's nothing against Kaepernick. Kaepernick had 180 rushing yards against the Packers. No, absolutely. you got to go with the hot hand in that yep. case. So, no, I completely agree. But Smith, for me, he has hit a ceiling in Kansas City mm-hmm. that I think everyone agrees it's just time to move on. Right. Like, it's not a knock against Smith. I think it's just time to move on. And Mahomes offers that. I mean, Smith is 33. Mahomes is 21, 22. Right. You get a longer tenure with that. And yep. I think the big thing, too, is that – for Kansas City right there, you got to prioritize the passing game. Yeah, you and I, I love Kareem Hunt and a lot of it, and, and Alex Smith is very good about playing who's like, oh, we got to give the ball to Kareem, we got to give the ball to you Tariq, have You have arguably one of the top three best tight ends in football. Yeah. Travis Kelsey. I mean, come on. Yeah, he's, a phys- a he's, freak, a phys- he's a physical freak. You have a top three end, or a tight end, excuse me. You have – um, the rushing yard leader, I think, running back this past year, Kareem Hunt. If yes. not, I, Kareem Hunt for me, it was very frustrating. Everyone on the on the um, Alvin Kamara hype because I understand what he did. Yes, I understand how good he was, mm-hmm. but it was so much recency bias that it frustrated me because Kareem Hunt, the first four weeks, we've never seen that. Right, that was what he did to the Patriots in Week One oh, of a guy that God. was not. He was a what a third round pick? Yeah, no one was oh, expecting him apart, man. Oh, I watched, I oh and then like the, the his first his first carry was a fumble, and everyone thought, yep, oh, yep. this guy this guy was a bust. I right played there. him that night in fantasy, and I was like, well, that was great. Well, uh, and then he obviously blew up. But the big thing about the Smith and Mahomes, I, I think Mahomes is good for that franchise. He's good for Tyreek Hill. He can push Tyreek Hill over the edge and that franchise. And honestly, for me, if it, let's look at the Redskins situation. You're going to let Kirk Cousins walk. You're not franchise tagging again. He's not going to sign that. He'll sit out a year. Right. And two, they're not going to pay him the max deal that he wants. Now, Alex Smith is a comparable quarterback to Kirk Cousins, although Kirk Cousins is younger, and I think Kirk Cousins is much better. But they're not They're not like – it's not looking at Rodgers and Tannehill. You know what I mean? Like, it's not this obvious gap. Like, seasons kind of break them apart. But realistically, Washington Redskins said, hey, we need a guy. There's a cheaper guy than the guy that we have. You know, make the deal happen. No, and I'm looking at the Chiefs right now, and my biggest competition is the Raiders right now because the Raiders yeah, have a franchise. Very close. The Raiders have a franchise quarterback right now. But and the John Chief, Gruden. But the Chiefs have the pedigree because they could say, hey, I've been successful for so long. Come at me. And I'm looking at the Broncos and the Chargers. Broncos, have, Broncos have no quarterback. And the Chargers are about to essentially lose their franchise quarterback that they've had for so yeah. long. So right now, it's between the Chiefs and Dude, the Raiders. The Chargers are in a scary spot. They are. So it's a good team. They are a very good team. But right now, if I'm looking at it, it's essentially saying it's the Chiefs and the Raiders with the Chargers as like a very deep, dark horse. 
So if I'm trying to get ahead in the FC West to guarantee myself a playoff spot, I'm like, hey, what can I do to set myself above the Raiders? And if I get Patrick, and if Patrick Mahomes is the guy, then hey, by all means. So where, um, so obviously this means that Kirk Cousins is in free agency. Um, if you're the GM of blank, you're going after him. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there's so, oh my god! I'm saying name the name the team. Yes, who is blank? For <laughs> well, you could have been more obvious, you dingus. Well, you just you just splurred out an answer before there, I even like to so, explain the goddamn question. Like a quarter. I'm the GM of blank. I go after him. What team do you think it is, Greg? And all you said was yes, dude. Which qu- actually is a yeah, correct it's answer. A good, yeah, it's, it's a good thing. It is actually a correct answer. Okay, uh, I'm looking at a team that has cap space. And obviously, there's five teams we can name now. But who is the one team? that you said needs him more than everyone else. You know what I mean? Like, go that way, because we could name, like, six or seven or eight or nine, ten teams that are going to pay him. But if you're the GM of this franchise, it is ride or die. We're giving him the keys to the city. Denver Broncos. Okay. I had to, like, I had to think about this for a sec, because, like, when you said, like, we could name eight or nine teams, we really could. Yeah. There were so Jets, Broncos, Buffalo, Browns, Jacksonville, except for some reason they named Blake Bortles their guy. We could go the Dolphins. We can go the Chargers if they want to get rid of it. We could go uh, New Orleans if we wanted to start rumor mill, because Drew Brees is technically still a free agent. Even though he said, I'm a saint for life. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be a saint for life until they don't want him. True. But here's the main reason that I wanted to be the Broncos, and I think it makes the most sense. You have a Super Bowl caliber defense right now. I, I gr- granted they're getting older, but if you invest the majority of your draft picks in defense and you keep that offense intact, you have a solid running game with C.J. Anderson and Devin Booker and Jamal Charles. And Jamal if Charles, stays. if he stays, if he stays, and then with your wide receivers, you have Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, and not to mention um, who's the guy from Indiana? Fuck, I can't remember his name. Um, Oh, uh, Corey Latimer. That's a really yeah. – that's a better receiver core than you had in Washington. You yeah. have a solid running game that you did not have in Washington for the record right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that right now. Like the big downfall no, – and I the, love Samaj P. Ryan. I do too. I mean, I, fat Rob Kelly was man. Matt Jones was man. Who was the – Alfred Morris is probably the best running back they've had for who was, a long time. Who was the running back they had at like, the beginning of the year who was getting – Chris like, Thompson. Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson would have been really good for them if he didn't get he, hurt. He's a theoretic in a good system, though. But in that system, though, he was producing pretty he well. He was. He was. And I, I'm just saying he's a catch and run back. and a Which actually could work well system. for Alex Smith, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Smith at that team, I, I, it, it's, it's interesting. I want to see what happens with their wide receiver core. I want to see if Dawson pans out. I want to see if Grant pans out. I want to see what Terrell Pryor does because I think Terrell Pryor probably goes back to Cleveland. Did you see Alex Smith's contract, by the way? Oh, yeah, 92 mil. 92 mil, his guaranteed 71 mil. Good for him. Good for him. God he deserves damn. it. Man. He, he absolutely deserves um, it. So where does this put you for the draft? Because I think – well, okay, before I get into that, because that was a question I wrote down, um, my team to insert blank – is the Browns because okay. they can offer more money than everyone else. Absolutely. And if Kirk Cousins won a playoff game in Cleveland, he would get a statue. Oh, he'd be a hero for life. Now, let's talk about their defense. So, like, all right, if they sign Kirk Cousins right now, that means they have the one in four pick. So either they can give away one of those picks and get buku money, or you get Saquon Barkley and Minka Fitzpatrick. So you're looking at possibly in this offseason getting Minka Fitzpatrick, Saquon Barkley, and Kirk Cousins – Without even getting into the second round of the draft, you were mo- you saw me like motioning my hands right there. Like that is something that I want more than anything. If you have Kirk Cousins, 
and then you have a solid running game behind you with Saquon Barkley. You have a very good O line right now. Yeah, very, if, very. If if Joe Thomas stays, not even if Joe Thomas stays, you have Zeitler. You got Bentonio. Yeah, but if Joe Thomas stays, it's a different. Line. It, it, that is true. But if Joe Thomas stays, you have a very solid O line. You have a All Pro, a future All Pro running back in Saquon Barkley. You can take pressure off Kirk Cousins. That receiving core is shit. Though. You can't tell me it's not. Corey Coleman has been a disappointment. Um, and Joku's young and good. Seth Devolve is okay. But that receiving core is shit. Right, but – Josh all, Gordon's the only safe grace. With all With all that cap space that they have, I think they have like 60 or 70 mil. If you sign Kirk Cousins, that's probably what, like maybe 20 mil right there? A li- 20 to 30. I'll say higher on the 30. Yeah, I'd say 30. Yeah. If, if, if you're going to get Kirk to come to Cleveland, you better give him – all of the money. I think, and could, I think he understands that I can't take it all because I need there's caps and blah blah blah. Right, right, but right, right. But I think you can definitely find some decent receivers in the draft. I mean, this is kind of a weak year right now. Yeah, but, Calvin Ridley's the but, top guy, and he's not that good. But I mean, if you can find some decent wide receivers in free agency, and you get them to be able to catch the gunslinger balls from Kirk Cousins, that'd be. Great. And also, it would prove me right by saying Saquon Barkley deserves to be the number one overall pick for Cleveland. So I don't think he deserves to be the number one pick because he's a running back. He's the best um, player in the draft, though. He is, but running back's a position that has this, the lowest ROI on any position. Ooh, look at you getting all fancy and I mean, stuff it's true, with the stats. Man. Look at I mean, it. Yeah, that's true. Quarterbacks last about 10. Offensive linemen, if they're good, last eight years at the most, unless you're Joe Thomas. I mean, running backs, historically – don't last. They last four years. They when they once they get past the rookie contract. I mean, look at Le'Veon Bell. Like obviously he's one of the best backs in the league, but so many injuries off this or this and that. Um, so look, Juan Barkley should be first, but you can find like look at uh, Geis out of LSU. He's not Saquon Barkley. No, but no, he's closer to like a Derrick Henry type running back where he is a mean, angry, giant man that you can put behind that offensive line, and you're not going to get the Le'Veon Bell-esque running style of Saquon Barkley, well, but you're going to get a running – you can get running – I'm saying what about Chubb? Um, what about um, Bryce Love? There's guys in this draft that they don't have to waste on Barkley, although he is the best football player in this draft. I'm saying if but, you trade that first overall pick to someone that needs a quarterback and get a ton in return, and then you take Mika Fitzpatrick at four or or Chubb at four – or um, the linebacker out of North Carolina – Oh, Bradley, Bradley, State. Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb. Okay, D- thank you. Defensive end, not linebacker. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but if you take him, like somebody's going to be there. And I'm just saying I, it's not that Barkley's not the best guy in the draft. It's that you can find – I mean, Kareem Hunt, third round. Yep. Um, you can find guys – now Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, the last first-round bust in Ezekiel the top Elliott, four. Leonard Fournette. Yeah, no, no, no. The last first-round bust really was Trent Richardson. True. There hasn't been a first round running back bust since Trent. True, but I think Browns. a lot of I think a lot of like scouts and analysts have kind of learned from that, though. To be fair, uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, uh, you can't hate it. I mean, Trent Richardson looked the part; he looked great. He was he was behind a really good offensive line at Alabama, though. Yeah, I mean, Darren McFadden was behind a really good line for the Cowboys and ran for a thousand yards, and then <laughs> so. yeah, that's true. Uh, but where do you think that puts? So let's say the Browns take Cousins. What are you doing with that first overall pick? Are you taking Barkley, like, set in stone? Yes. You're not even looking at offers from other I, teams? I mean, I'll consider it, but the problem is is that I have given away my first-round pick before. That's my big problem. Yeah, but you didn't need a quarterback then. That's the that's the difference. You could have Wentz. You could have Goff. You could have all these guys. No, 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 no. To be fair, the last time I gave away my first-round pick, it was Carson Wentz. Well, Jerry Goff wasn't. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. Technically, uh, yeah. Technically, yeah. But uh, I gave away my shot at a franchise quarterback the last time I had the number one or number two overall picks. And so. then you got your franchise quarterback. Yeah. Now, if I'm the Denver Broncos and I want Sam Darnold, I'm offering you my six, I'm offering you a second, I'm offering you a seventh. But if if my prediction comes true and I'm saying that Kirk Cousins goes to the Denver Broncos, then – we don't really have to worry about that, but no. Okay, but okay. also, I think they need to sign a veteran no matter what. I don't think Cleveland can keep beating their heads off a wall drafting guys. And I think you okay, need okay. to draft a quarterback, but you so, need a Case Keenum or a Sam Bradford or somebody. So crap. remind me again what that offer would be for my first overall pick. If I if 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 you sign Kirk Cousins and okay. I'm the Denver Broncos and I give you my first overall pick, which is the sixth. Okay. I give you my second round pick. Okay. And I give you a fifth round pick. Okay, so here's my problem right there is that I already have eight of the first 97 picks in this draft, and this is somewhat of a weak draft class. It's pretty deep. It's deep, but it's it, like top-tier talent. It's a little bit weak, especially in areas that the Cleveland Browns need. That's the big problem. Is like If I'm looking at the Browns, my big problem is like I need a quarterback, and I don't see a quarterback that I can start right away as like a Well, no, but starter. you got it with Kirk. Okay. So – so I'm looking at this, and I'm like my number one overall pick. I could either keep it, get the best player in the draft, and then keep my fourth pick and then choose between the guys that fall to me or you know, get the sixth pick, have four and six, and then worry about who the guys ahead of me are going to take. Yeah, I think all in all, if, even if they sign Kirk, their best bet is just to keep the picks. Unless someone that is in the top six, like the Jets, the Broncos – even if New York or somebody wants to just jump up to number one for some reason, yeah. the Colts, if the Colts are like, we need this guy, we need to make a Fitzpatrick, and the Giants might. But I think their best bet is to take both. Those I, I would consider if it was like a Houston Texans offer like last year when they wanted Deshaun Watson, and that's how the Cleveland Browns ended up with the fourth pick. But, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so um, let's get into the next thing we want to talk about, which is something that you uh, probably know a little bit more about than me, but I – told you about just out of my ESPN update. <laughs> um, newest member of the WWE is a Miss Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I, this is actually a really good story because I was um, I was casting the Royal Rumble on my TV and as I was casting it I, your text appeared on my TV it was like a drop down thing and it said Ronda Rousey signed her WWE contract and like it was as Ronda Rousey appeared on the TV and I was like Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Deke, for breaking that for me. Um, no, the, this is a huge, absolutely huge. Um, I'm not even trying to say that as a wrestling fan because I'm a massive wrestling fan, but um, looking at Ronda, I mean, granted, she's a pioneer when it comes to women's MMA. Yeah. She's absolutely – like, she is was the big, like, draw for that. And now, essentially, like, after the Holly Holm knockout, that was brutal, by the way. Yeah, Absolutely. that ruined her career. Yeah, that ruined her career. I don't want to say – well, okay, I don't no, want to say – No, it did. It did. It did, but at the same time, though, like, women's MMA is in a very good place right now. I mean, she's definitely the, the trailblazer for it, but the Holly Holm's knockout ruined her MMA career. No, She it, tried to come back again, and she lost again, and right. she gave it up. No, and it's not – and I understand that, but at the same time, though, because – Well, it didn't of, tarnish her career. It, it did, ended. It didn't tarnish it. She's a – I, I would consider her a legend in UFC yeah. because of the fact that she is she's the greatest woman's fighter of all time. Right, she's the one that essentially opened the doors for women to essentially become UFC fighters. And now you have, I think, three women's divisions right now in the UFC. Mm-hmm. You would have never expected that a couple no. years ago. So I mean, 
for everything that you can say about Ronda, it's the fact that she's no longer with the UFC right now. She did a great job in pioneering women's MMA, and we should all thank for her. Thank her for that. Uh, but I'm excited to see her role in the WWE. Oh my god! And what's great about this is that she's a huge wrestling fan. Yeah, she's. A, well, she was with The Rock before at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think it was, like so. you, like she's been on record as saying she's a huge wrestling fan. And if you watch the Rumble, which I definitely did, um, she was glowing. Kinda. Yeah. Not not even not you know in like a, an awkward way or something, but like you just see she was like excited. she was she was so happy to be there. And, like, I've read stuff about, like, all these wrestlers on there that have said, like, hey, like, she's around all the time and she loves watching us and loves learning about the business and stuff like that. Like, uh, Paul Levesque, uh, Triple H, was even quoted as saying that um, that uh, since 2012, I think, that she's just kind of always wanted to learn about the business. And she was, like, she was kind of passing off about how, like, how she's always wanted to learn and wants to, like, get into doing wrestling and stuff. And then like after the years gone by, she still had that passion. So like essentially, I mean, Hey, you get a draw like Ronda Rousey. It's, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. What's the difference between a Raven and a writing desk? Crap. Why am I drawing a blank on this? Um, Johnny Depp in Alice in Wonderland has the Mad Hatter. Wow. That was a great movie. But the original quote was from uh, Hemingway. Wow. Look at you getting all philosophical on me. Do you know the reason for the question? Go ahead. Actually, I might know. I don't know if it was Hemingway. <laughs> I just said it was Hemingway. No, the, the reason for the question is because uh, it's not supposed to make sense. It's supposed to explain that life is hard and sometimes you don't understand things and children can't understand that. How much does it piss you off that Johnny Depp was the one who actually said that quote, though? Oh no! It was. I mean, it, that he said it, or that it was his quote, because uh, there that, was it was a book before the movie. Well, no, no, I know there was a book, but the fact I guess technically no, it was Alice in Wonderland because it was through the Looking Glasses book, which, which was a terrible sequel, by the way, in the movie. I didn't see, see it. All right, Not so good. Rhonda, congratulations! Yeah, I know you listen to this podcast. Yeah, R- Rhonda's going to be a stud at WrestleMania. I can't wait. Just kind of saying right, right there. So I want to get into. We got probably about twenty minutes left before we chew everyone's ear off. Um, NBA trades. The biggest one, I think the only one that we want to talk about is Blake Griffin. And who do you think – I know this is kind of a stereotypical question to ask. Who do you think won the trade? It was Blake Griffin to the Pistons for um, Tobias Harris, um, Avery Bradley, Boban Marjanovic, and then two picks. Ooh, this is tough because I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, Detroit finally has like – Two, uh, two stars. Great players. Two yeah. really good players. Like, they can run the pick and roll so Now, Blake well. is not – he's a shell of his former self, but he's still Blake Griffin. Right. He's Blake Griffin. He's the name draw. And I feel terrible for Blake Griffin because he signed that extension in the offseason. And off Kendall Jenner. He got a five-year, $6 trillion contract. You said that, not me. But I'm it's saying true. he signed that contract to be, like, a franchise player for L.A. And then literally not even halfway through the season, he gets traded to Detroit. I mean, that's kind of bullshit, if you ask me. But uh, looking at the deal as a whole, and by the way, Bryce Johnson is an underrated piece of that trade going back to Detroit. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember seeing him in North Carolina. He was really good. Um, Who wins? This is tough for me. Um, I'm going to say the Clippers win it, actually. Why is that? Well, a uh, couple of reasons. One, Tobias Harris, I think, has been playing well above his ceiling. 
I think the Pistons need him to be a serious contender for the eight through five seed in the East. They which do. Is sad. They do, and that's the big problem. Is that like if you look at it, like Griffin's making his debut tonight. We're recording this on Thursday, and right now they're about a game and a half behind the Sixers right now for the eight seed. So the fact that they had to trade for Blake Griffin kind of says a lot about them, and also the fact that you had Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley there, and if they were in contention for a playoff seed, like. I mean, what? Like, they were still doing pretty well with the two of them, so it's not like it's that big of a downgrade. But Tobias Harris has been playing out of his mind since he signed, since he got traded from Orlando to Detroit. Yeah, he was good in Orlando. He was. And Avery Bradley, I think, was just— Oh, that guy. I think with the right coaching, he could be really good. Oh, you mean Brad Stevens? I think Doc Rivers. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, just—yeah. Man, that was annoying. I liked Avery Bradley, and I thought he could I be loved good. Avery Bradley at Texas, man. I loved his defensive skills. Yeah. I really liked him. And I think the problem was, was that Isaiah Thomas just took his starting spot because I think he should have been the starting point guard if it wasn't for Isaiah Thomas just going off like crazy. So uh, That's a hot the take The whole right thing there. with that trade, yeah, true. The thing with that trade, and a lot of ESPN people were saying, oh, the Clippers are now making way for the possibility of a LeBron entrance. No, um, no. Well, I, no. I mean, think about it. They cleared their board of all major contracts with Blake Griffin because they don't really have anyone else. They're going to do a fire sale of Jordan Lou Williams, which is the first thing that I tweeted out after this. I think the, I Chris, said, the Chris Paul thing really kind of screwed them because it was kind of like, hey, this is like an end of an era for me. Two years ago, they locked DeAndre Jordan in a house and played cards with him before the deadline exited. How how pissed are, how pissed off are you if you're DeAndre Jordan? Super pissed. Yeah, like – I feel horrible for him. Honestly, the first thing I tweeted out after all this is that I'm not a Cleveland fan. I mean, to be fair— But if the Cavs don't get in on the Lou Williams-DeAndre Jordan fire sale right now, they're idiots. I mean, to be fair, though, if DeAndre Jordan had signed with the Dallas Mavericks, like, it it wouldn't have been that much better. I I don't know. Him, Dirk, Harrison Barnes, they got Dennis Smith Jr. They wouldn't have gotten Dennis Smith Jr. (laughs) I'll give you that right there. Yeah, he got slept on. He did, but he, so he w- might have fallen another two picks to where they were, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, no, I like it. I like. I always like trades. There was a rumor that came out that the Pacers were offering, or the Pacers, excuse me, Oklahoma City Thunder were offering Paul George for Blake Griffin, oh. and that trade almost went down. What straight up or just? Like no, no, there were some other pieces okay. and whatnot. But basically, it was it was the fact that you have Blake for another four years versus you have Paul for maybe one year, depending on how they do. And the fact that Paul George would have been in L.A., which is where he wanted to go to. Excuse me. Bless um, you. Yeah, so let's let's talk about would you rather have – because I think Paul George is better than Blake Griffin. I think that's pretty obvious. Oh, I, absolutely. Would you rather have a one-year with Paul George that he might sign again, depending on how you do, or a guaranteed four years of Blake Griffin? Uh, definitely one-year Paul George because, first off, he's already said he wants to be in L.A. And I think with Paul George in the West – okay. Okay, let's talk about it from Oklahoma City's perspective. Okay, go ahead. Um, no, same exact question, but you're thinking of it from the Clippers. I'm thinking of it from the Thunder. Oh, you're thinking of it from the Thunder? Yeah, so do it from the – because obviously he wants to be in L.A., and that's a no-brainer. Like, obviously, the Thunder traded Blake Griffin. That's a very easy thing to trade him for Paul George because all he goes to buy it. Right, 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 yeah. But if you're the Thunder, do you take one year, possibly more with Paul George, or three to four guaranteed years with Blake Griffin? Three to four with Blake Griffin. Easily, because if you pair him with Russell Westbrook, that – that's a pretty. He's been an All Star in two years. Yeah, but that's a really good combo right there, though. If he's healthy, when's the last time he played seventy games? I think mo- most of his injuries have happened in the playoffs, though. So it's not like you can't really say that. He... Oh, you can't say he doesn't get hurt in the regular season if he gets hurt in the playoffs. He, when he gets hurt, he gets hurt. Yeah, but when he gets hurt, though, at least he's putting all effort oh, into it. Though he. I mean, I, I get it because if you're Oklahoma City, this and that, but they are just finally clicking, and I think. 
first off, if anything, like, <laughs> think of this trio right here. Like, if you, what would you do with a trio of Russell Westbrook, Blake Griffin, and Carmelo Anthony, though? The only Russell would be the only guy that touches the ball. I mean, that that should have been the case from a long time ago because Hoodie Mello is just like. Yeah, he still put up twenty plus a night if he wants to. I mean, at least he's better than New York Mello. I'll give you so, that. Let's finish on the rumor of the week, which is that LeBron James came out and said, and I, I don't know the context of this. He could have said that I'll entertain an offer from every team, but he said that if the Warriors came a knocking, he would entertain a max contract deal, which is possible if they basically sign and trade Clay Thompson and Draymond and Kevin Durant takes under 25 mil on his player option. If LeBron James actually went to the Thunder – it would be the most spineless move in sports history, and it would make Kevin Durant's move to the Warriors look like nothing. And I don't – I was, I was talking – LeBron, he won't do it. The biggest reason is because he's not chasing championships. He's not chasing MVPs. He's not chasing an easy way to career. He's chasing Michael Jordan. And if he does that, he's over. If, if LeBron goes to Golden State and plays for the Warriors with Steph and Clay, Draymond, KD, who, whoever they have, he's done. He has no competition to be the best ever. He he is he is completely toast. I, I think it's obvious. You notice what I was doing like while you were going on. No, that Greg, rant, it's a it's a podcast. No one can see what you're doing. Yeah, well, I, I'm just not even gonna bother because first off, there's no way LeBron's gonna go to Golden State. I'm just saying that right there, and uh, I, I'm in full agreement with you because <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> like, swing, the, he I'm was just, swinging his mic around like I he was, broke it last week. Hey, 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 that got over. Saying that right there, that got over. Not a wrestling thing. Whatever, but. I'm saying right there, there's no way LeBron's going to do this. And first off, if anything, if I'm looking at the Warriors, you said that they're going to have to trade Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. Yep. That's – Those are – No. I think the biggest argument between the Golden State Warriors is who keeps the team together, Klay or Draymond? And in, in my mind, look at it because Klay Thompson is the, the greatest third-quarter player we've ever seen in NBA history. <laughs> and Draymond Green is an X factor. Like, realistically – I don't know which one of those guys is the guy. I think it's more Draymond just because of the attitude he brings to yeah, him. Yeah, but, dude, if Steph and KD aren't hot, Clay's like, okay, I'll shoot. This, he put up a 50-point game with 11 dribbles. That is true. He did. Like, that is unbelievable. Yeah. He had under, under a minute of possession time, and he put up 50 points, and he only played three quarters. Mm. Unbelievable what he can do. Yeah, but <laughs> – I don't know. It's just hard for me to fathom that team without Draymond. Like it's weird because I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, you have Steph and Clay and Duran, who are all scorers. Yeah. You don't have that inside presence who like in people's heads without Draymond. Well, though. Jordan Bell's been playing well. Jordan I think Bell. he could be a dickhead. Like like. Uh... Didn't Jordan Bell just get hurt though? He might have, but I'm saying mentality wise, he could be the same kind of guy Draymond is. If Draymond left, Jordan Bell would be like, all right, I'm doing it. Uh, it's okay, just okay. the vibe I get from him, but it's obviously not going to be anywhere near Draymond because Draymond's a freak talent he, and a freak mental talent. I, I love Draymond. I remember watching him at Michigan State, and I thought, Playing ooh, tight end. Ooh. If you gave, <laughs> if you gave Draymond like, a chance, on a, on, depending on the team, he could be a stud for them. But it was depending on the right situation. I think he found his right niche with Golden State. Yeah, uh, I agree, man. So – the other thing that I just remembered that happened today that I wanted to talk to you about, oh boy. Nikola Mertic from the Bulls got traded to the Pelicans. I was um, hoping he would bring this yeah, up. Yeah, I, I didn't bring it up in the pre-show meeting. Um, didn't even think about it, but yeah, I just thought of it now. 
Uh, I love Nikola Mirotic. I think he's a great I, talent. And I, do I think too. with Cousins out, he can bring in obviously not the same aspect, but he can shoot threes, he can rebound, he can play defense. I, I like it for Anthony Davis. And um, so, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Because there's a question I want to ask you at the end of the thing. Instead of a draft, I have a fun okay. conversation. I but think talk this, about this a little bit. Okay, I think this is a terrible, terrible trade for Chicago. Terrible trade. Nikola Mirotic is someone that I think could. I'm looking at it, and I think Laurie Markkinen is right now like someone that they're building as like the franchise guy. Like can like me and you can agree on that. For right? wait, I'm sorry, say that again. Laurie Markkinen is the guy that they're building as yes. like the franchise guy. Okay, yes, sorry, yes. sorry, yeah. I heard Mark, and I thought you were talking about. No, Shannon. no, no, no. He's no. amazing too. He, he is great. Is, he's Dirk. Me and me and you, we even discussed this during the draft. Like I loved Markkinen yeah. when they drafted him. So yes, we did. So I don't want to get. Yeah. I heard knocking. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so I like Markkinen. I like Miritich a lot. I think he adds like a really good piece down below. Looking at it from the pel- looking at it from the bull side, I don't understand the trade, especially after the the incident well, that happened. Imagine with, with Portis, yeah, they yeah, the incident with Portis him. is like the big deal for me. Like, why would you pick Portis over Miritich in that sense? Though? See, I don't know what they got for Miritich. It was see. it was Omer Ashik. Uh, yeah, uh, he was good for the Rockets. Yeah, I mean, he's good at the Rockets. Yeah, but Omer Sheik was good at the Rockets. Yeah, but Omer Sheik was like a backup center, though, with the uh, – okay, fine. Yeah, Is that Dwight? Yeah, I guess. Okay, Omer Sheik, uh, Tony Allen, a first-round protected pick. There you go. And there was another guy, too. I can't remember the yeah, whole deal. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, uh, but no, I'm just looking at this. I think Miritik was just such an underrated talent for them. That yeah. I think, like, if I'm looking at this for the Bulls side – I don't understand why you pick Bobby Portis over Miritich because Bobby Portis is someone who has proven after the fight is such a head case. Yeah. I, I don't want that on my team because I'm looking at this and I have Chris Dunn as my point guard. Granted, he might not have been what everyone was, was expecting. He's a solid point guard. And you have him with Markinen and Miritich. You at least have someone who can kind of compete for a playoff spot. So I, I just I don't get it. So no, I agree with you. Um, I I think I, honestly, like I think the Pelicans got a steal. Oh, I, me too. Me yeah, because I think Miritich could fit in really well with with Davis. I think Miritich can be the the four that they're looking for, and Davis can be the guy down below. Well, and they fit nicely into the theory that I have that how do you face um, the Golden State Warriors and five shooting guards? You play five centers. So uh, you get Miritich <laughs> out there, who's a small forward, but he's a big one. You get Miritich, you get Cousins, you get Anthony Davis. You get you get five centers that can shoot threes. I, I, honestly, in my opinion, a team of Anthony Davis, Christoph Persingas, Cat, Demarcus Cousins, and um, let's go with Dirk. I think oh that team God. beats the Golden State Warriors. I love Seven it. Seven foot shooting gods. So much, so much physicality, man. I yeah. love it. I so love that it. brings me to the conversation. All right, so let's say the team is Steph. Clay, LeBron, Draymond, Durant. Okay. Can you build a team out of anyone else in the NBA, a starting five, that you think could win two games against them in the finals? Like, Ed, you you are the GM of a blank slate of everybody. Who's your five? I mean, just don't don't think too, too crazy about it. Like, I I talked about somebody today, and I wrote a five down, and I have some people that I would switch in and out, but – you have everybody in the NBA at your disposal. Who's the five you're putting together that you think possibly could take on the Warriors? Uh, oh, this is tough. Wow. Um, 
Well, right now, uh, Cat and Anthony Davis are definitely two. Yep, they're two of mine. They are two of mine. So say center power forward. Center power you, forward. Yeah. Okay. Uh, crap, this is a problem because if I'm looking at like uh, Durant and LeBron, one of them is going to be on the four, one of them is going to be on the three. So I got to figure out who the fuck's going to cover uh, the three. LeBron's the three, Durant's the four. LeBron's at three? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm screwed then. No, I got a guy that I think can can cover him. Give me your guy then. Cause I, I so re- my team my team bottomed the top because you already named two of them. At center, I got Anthony Davis, okay. who would be up against Draymond. Which would dominate easily. Um, at power forward against KD, I got Cat. Now, I thought about Kristaps here, but I picked Cat because he's a better defender. I, I agree because Cat has the physicality. He doesn't have the length, but Durant, I feel like, is someone that like would try to go over the defender, if yeah. anything. So. so let's go to my point guard then. Uh, this was a tough one for me. There's a couple guys, but I picked Dame. I think Dame Lillard. Oh, I love that. I think actually. Dame Lillard in a big market is an MVP candidate every year. Absolutely. And I think he needs to leave to be considered that great. But and, and my cousin said CP3 is better. CP3 right now is not better. Dame no, is not. Dame is no, is no, 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 no. The only reason that Dame Lillard is not considered better is because of the fact that he's in Portland. Yep. That's and the Aldridge only left reason. and um, all these things. So then at shooting guard, I have Harden. Um, and As a I, defender. What? What? You just said, like, defend... As shooting guard, I have Harden. Okay, fine. No, you just have to play the Golden State Warriors in a final. Okay, you don't have to worry about that. So then you have Harden on Clay, who don't care about that. That is true. Like, they don't care about each other. So my team right now is Dame, Harden, Cat, AD. Okay. Small forward guarding LeBron James. Giannis at the Google. Oh, my God. I think that team, barring maybe Westbrook instead of Dame, but I I just like Dame better. I do. Um, And obviously you can say... Kristaps instead of Cat, you can say um, – I can't even think of any other guys that I'd rather have, especially with Cousins Hurt um, in the NBA right now. I don't I don't see any other guys that realistically match up with that Golden State. Now that Golden State Warriors team will never be because too many things have to happen. But Oddly enough, I think the Greek Freak and Durant would actually be a much better like matchup to me. The only reason I disagree – is because, I don't, who I mean, he's so similar to LeBron in that Durant is a sharpshooter. Right now, but, I get that he's fast and he's. But in length, terms, but in terms of like the physical build, they're almost kind of identical. I'd say Cat's closer. Jonas really? might be. Jonas is six seven, six eight. Yeah, 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 that's true. I mean, Durant's seven foot. But in terms of the length, though, I feel like it just kind of matches it, though. No, yeah, and I mean, you can obviously switch off, but for me, then you're putting Giannis at four. Yeah, that doesn't work. You know what I mean? That's a stretch. Yeah, I see Giannis very much as a LeBron guy, which is a train coming down the middle of the court. I mean, some other guys you could consider. Um, I would strongly consider Kyrie. I think that Kyrie and Dame for me, the only reason I, the real reason I picked Dame is because I think Dame in a big market is MVP caliber. The only reason I would have picked Kyrie is just because Kyrie has already proven that he can't guard stuff. He's good, but he's already proven that he can't just. Match up to Steph, though. What do you mean? He shot over Steph and won the final. He shut down Steph Curry twice this year. Mm-hmm. Twice out of three games, he has shut down Steph Curry. But when He it, has dominated but Steph But when Curry. it comes to the finals, though, like, Steph's already got two on him, though. Yeah, but that's team on team. Personally, uh, he shut down Steph Curry. All right. I'll I mean, you, John I'll, Wall healthy, who's out six to eight weeks, might be in that team, but no. He's not, John Wall's not beating Chris Paul, Dame, and Kyrie. Um, 
I don't know what some name, name some other guys you could possibly see on our team because if we had a bench past these guys, who are some other guys you're looking at? Because I, I could pick anyone on the anyone else in the NBA, oh. except on the Warriors, obviously. <laughs> okay, uh, so if I'm looking at my bench, I'm looking at defense. Well, we gotta pick Russell. Yep, we we'll gotta we, we gotta do that. Uh, we gotta pick. In stop, a, oh my god! Stop singing. Gotta love it. Hey, it's some serenading, man. Just do your laundry. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm okay with Chris Stops. Yeah, why not? Uh, I like Chris Tops. Uh I'm cool with... I'm actually cool with Joel Embiid, to be honest with you. Oh, What's yeah, wrong with Joel? I don't think he's that good. No, hey, he's very dominant. Come on. Very dominant center. But you're not going to put him up. I just... You know what? I, I think okay, the okay. hype is because people like him. But here's the thing, though. You match him up with Draymond Green. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I, I yeah. don't think Joel can get out to the corner when Draymond pulls up for three, but it's a good matchup. Because yeah. he can't, Draymond cannot stop. But Joel that, Embiid. that's the whole point, though. We're looking at matchups, though, when it comes to going against this amazing Warrior team that you. See, that was why my cousin said matchup Chris Paul with Steph, and I said, I don't even want matchups. I just want guys that are going to put up 25 plus easy. I can't wait for the NBA playoffs, man. I mean, possibly Wiggins, but not yet. Um, Which says a lot right there, by the way. Like, how's that Wiggins has been in the league this long? It just hasn't developed into the. Like the next level guy that we all expect him to be. Uh, like nah, I disagree with that. I mean, realistically, when he came to the league, he's the same as Jimmy Butler and Paul George, where he didn't have a jump shot, but he was a great defender, great athlete. But the problem is that when he came into the league, though, especially when he was at Kansas, like well, the he has big... been the best player out of that draft. He's been the best player. He's on a team now that's very young, and it was bad. They got Cat after he got there. They, Ricky Rubio has been bad. Jeff Teague is terrible at basketball. I don't know why he's still in the league. <laughs> he's consistent, I guess. Is that, is that what the argument is? No, he's been on a bad team, and now the team is young, and, and they got Jimmy Butler, and I think they're healthy and good. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, realistically, growing pains in the NBA, I think it might be the biggest in any sport. You see rookies in the NFL coming in here just walking in. Which this is a good topic I want to get your opinion on, is that when you're looking at – Guys coming into the NBA, what is it that you're looking for? Like, kind of like rookies, essentially. There's a lot of growing pains when it comes to it. Yeah, I mean, so the first thing I guess you want to look for is, uh, because it, it's so cliche, but intangibles, which means like. Because right now, the number one, like, big guy that I'm looking at for the NBA is DeAndre Ayton for Arizona. See, you mean big man or. Just the overall player. I like Marvin out of uh, Duke. Oh, you like Bagley? Okay. Yeah. okay. He's been okay. killing it. I also like Trey Young. Trey Young scares me, though, because I'm looking at him and I'm just like. He's pulling up from NBA. He, he's pulling up from Steph Curry range and tossing 44 on teams. Yeah, but the problem is that, like, if you look at it and you're saying, like, he's the next Steph Curry or some shit like that, Steph Curry was kind of. Steph Curry wasn't even considered, like, a like that big of a deal when he was coming no, out. No, but he, he. I mean. Realistically, he's the first child out of the Steph Curry era, which is I don't want to be Jordan. I don't want to be Kobe. I don't want to be LeBron. I, I want to pull up from half court. I want to be a sharpshooter, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, no, and, and, um, I don't know. The biggest thing I'm looking for, honestly, is physicality because that's the biggest problem I find with all the European guys. Right. You get these European guys that come over, and, and the last couple have been very good, but you get these guys that, like, yeah, they pull up from three and they're 7-2, but you put them under the block and they – get hit and they can't get out wide and they can't beat their player they can't post up or anything like that mm-hmm. um so the physical physicality is big for me especially when it comes to like josh jackson um james not james um justice winslow oh, okay those kind of guys that like um 
Which, by the way, I want to say this about the Heat. Yeah. They're right now like four or five, and I actually said they could make a deep run in the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm just kind of throwing that out there right there for you. I like the Heat. I always did. I love Hassan Whiteside. Um, James did, Johnson's been killing it. Did you ever read like the story about what uh, – Do you see uh, Gordon Dragic? He's in the uh, All-Star game. Yeah. Like, did you ever see the stuff about how Pat Riley, like, puts them through, like, a physical, like, strenuous offseason to, like, get their bodies right? Like, that, that's insane. He's a freak. Yeah, absolutely. He's a god, man. Um, Let's do a real quick draft. We got time. Okay. We did not plan anything. So, Greg, what would you like to draft? Oh, screw you, because I wasn't planning this. But hang on a sec. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Is that Major Payne? No. Keep thinking. Keep thinking. Oh, dude, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, I don't know. What is it? It's rush hour. Ah! <laughs> Great. I was, thinking of a, I was thinking of a drill sergeant looking at a guy and screaming it. Thank you, Jesus. I Rush finally get great. one. Rush Hour 3 might be one of my favorite movies of all time. Which is saying a lot because I actually prefer Rush Hour 2. <laughs> What's, wait, wait. Wasn't it, was it 2 or 3 that had, he's like, I am you. You, me, him, you, him, me. That was 3, but 2 was, yeah, the, okay, two, yeah. two was the one where they're in the massage parlor and they're looking at each other yeah, and like, I go this way, you go this way, I yeah. go this way, you go this way. Yeah, <laughs> dude, they're, Chris Tucker's so funny. <laughs> Um, Underrated comedian, but yeah. So what do you want to do? What do you? What's your? What's your draft? Ooh, actually, you know what? Since we're on the topic of comedians, let's do a top five greatest comedians of all time. Oof. All right, let's do that. Just kind of like uh, Chris Tucker kind of like gave me the inspiration want, for that. Now, does it have to be stand-up comedians? Is it funny actors? Like, can we do? Can we do just funny people? Because I don't. I know most people do stand up. No, no, up, let let okay, let let's do funny people in general. No, most we of them can, do stand up, but Well, like, yeah, we can do stand up, we can do movies, we can do TV, we can do whatever you want as your mic yep. just like goes up like that. Um so do you want first pick or next two? Uh I'll go next two. I'll let you get the first one. Awesome. Cuz I'm generous. So, number one pick, I'm going Chris Farley. Uh, classic. Uh have you ever seen the movie um it's called like the other story. It's about a Lewis and Clark tale. It's called the other other st- American story, the other something like that, where Chris Farley and this other guy go on a Lewis and Clark type adventure, and they're racing Lewis and Clark to the Pacific Ocean. I've never seen oh, that. Oh no. man, it's it's hysterical. I did, love Chris. Did Farley. you ever see the documentary I Am Chris Farley? Nope. Fantastic. I believe it. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Um, so for mine, uh, first off, number one, I gotta go Richard Pryor. Okay. Absolutely. Um, my dad actually introduced me to one of his really? first stand-up specials. Yeah. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. And um, the second one, I'm going to say Eddie Murphy. That's a good one. Uh, now, granted, my first introduction to Eddie Murphy was uh, Dr. Doolittle. Yeah? Uh, like, obviously I know there was like a Dr. Doolittle from like, the, from like the 50s or 60s or whatever the fuck it was or something. Which, by the way, the way they treated the horses was bullshit. All right, but so, but uh, it was like um, my first introduction. The funniest thing I ever saw was when he did his monologue and he pretended to be a white guy on Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah. god, I was crying like crazy. Yeah, dude, that's so funny. Um, but, uh, all right, go ahead. Here's my next pick. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I played nine holes on the Riviera last week. Just walked right on. 
Bill Murray. Bill Murray's. I hate land. you. I hate you so much. You dropped a Caddyshack reference on me. That was not Caddyshack. That was Zombieland. Was it really? Yeah, he's pretending to be a zombie, and they say, "How's it going?" He's a like, good man. Just biting nozzles in the Riviera last week. Oh, zombies fuck. don't mess with zombies. Oh, I completely forgot about that. I, that also counts as a not knowing since you guessed the movie wrong. Shit. All right, I should have known that because, like, as I was getting my tattoo work done, like, I was watching Zombieland. Like, the <laughs> Honestly, guy, like, one of the greatest like, underrated movies. It's one of my favorite zombies. It's movies. fantastic. Like, literally, the guy who was tattooing me was just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to put Zombieland in just, like, to have you relax. I was like, cool. I'm All cool right, with man. it. Who's your number three? Well, fuck. You took Bill Murray from me. I hate you. Uh, I got to go with his all-time rival, and that's Chevy Chase. Because Chase is funny. Dude. Yes, the the vacation movies were so underrated. I'm gonna say the original Vacation though was very underrated. He's so funny, man. Caddyshack still might be my favorite Chevy Chase. Joseph, who Cad- is character? It's not as funny as the vacation movies for him. Did I ever tell you about the backstory about Caddyshack? No. Was like um, that the entire time they were on set apparently like during the nights when they were done shooting they just threw these wild parties and I guess all the Murray brothers because Bill. And his brother knew the local drug dealers in the area, so they just got fucked up like crazy. Did you see there's a National Lampoon um, documentary on Netflix with Will Arnett? I did. I heard about that. Like, I'm kind of intrigued to hear about that. It looks good. It does. It looks so good. So, let's see. It seems all right now. Greg has Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, and Chevy Chase. And I have Chris Farley and Bill Murray. Hmm. I can't think of the name of the next guy I want, so I'm not going to take him. No, no. I can help you. It's cool. Nah, nah, nah. But I'm going to take Dave Chappelle. Ah, oh, damn you. I watched his stand-up on Netflix. He is still, to this date, the funniest human I think I've ever heard do stand-up. Dave Chappelle is like the voice of our generation when you think about it. He's so funny. He on is. SNL, he's so funny. His stand-up is so funny. Everything he does, man. I the, actually... the, the blind racist might be one of the favorite SNL skits I've ever seen. Where he is... He's, <laughs> He's a KKK member, but he's obviously black. That, that, was, that, black. Wasn't a, that wasn't SNL. That was actually his Dave Chappelle show. Yeah. Okay. Well, yes. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. But he <laughs> – sorry. Yeah. But he basically is a racist But because he's blind. He doesn't – it's so funny. Actually, I remember that my favorite skit of Dave Chappelle, and it's at, and first off, it's not Rick James, people. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's the race draft. Oh, oh race, my god. The race draft is amazing. The one where like Tiger Woods becomes like a black person yeah. and and He's the like, oh, thanks for taking And the Asians draft the Wu-Tang Clan yep. and the actual Wu-Tang Clan comes out. Oh my god, That's I so funny. I man. lost my so shit funny. right there. All right, man, who's your fourth? All right. Uh, so let me think. I got Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, and Chevy Chase. Ugh. Uh, I have one that I'm saving for my last pick in the off chance you don't take him. Just to let you know. I don't think I'm, um... <sighs> Damn it, I got I got the one guy on the tip of my tongue, but like I'm I can't remember his fucking name and I'm gonna like kill myself for this, but um Fuck Outstanding Radio is happening right now. I know. Like this is what happens this when This is podcasting. This is what happens when you drink a lot and you're losing your train of thoughts. You didn't drink that much. I'd fuck off. I'm this two and a half beers. I'm I'm two beers deep ahead of you, so fuck off. Uh, I'm gonna go Pittsburgh Zone. Boo. Fuck off. I can't think right now. Like it's An- it's Anthony Jeselnik. Really? Yes, because dry humor is my favorite type of humor. Yeah, but in the greatest comedians of all time. I'm drunk right now. Okay, I can't fucking think. Okay. 
I'm serious. Like he's I, good. He's I, good. It's I can't just... fucking think right now. So I'm literally like doing this because the I'm greatest. Like, com- There's so many actors. I'm drawing a blank right now. First off, if you go Eddie, if you go Adam Sandler, I'm mean, I'm gonna punch you in the fucking face. First of all. Adam Sandler's a better take than Anthony Justin. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't fucking start. His early shit, yes. His new shit, Wait, no. so you're saying Anthony Justin Nick is a better comedian than Adam Sandler? In my personal opinion, just because I love dry humor, yes. Now, you understand Adam Sandler's career versus Anthony Justin Nick's, right? I do. And you understand that this was about being a funny person. True, but I have really solid first three picks, so I'm willing to take the heat for it. Yeah, not that solid, Greg, that you should take a guy that pretty much no one knows of. What, what's wrong with Richard Pryor and, and Eddie Murphy? Nothing though? is wrong with them. Yeah. There's so much wrong with Anthony Jeselnik. I, you got to understand, like, I can't <sighs> think properly right now, so I'm like, ugh, I'm out of whack. Yeah, I can tell, I can tell, I can tell. I no. understand. No, I've been there before. I've, I Honestly, I'm there more times with movie quotes. All right. That's, I, I so, um, all right, you know, Anthony Jeselnik, that's. He is funny. He is funny, and I like his his humor where he'll be like, "Oh no, it's okay. The baby died," or so. Like he'll uh, that's a punchline. Dead, dead baby quotes are like the best. He says stuff like that. They're the fantastic. He's, I'm he's sorry. A different human. Um, so I'm keeping my other guy for fifth because I want him to be the last guy. Because if he's the last guy taken, this draft is crazy. All right, go ahead. No, it's not the guy you think it is. Okay, who? Let's do. I mean, I know my last pick right now because I had to figure this out, so, yeah. Did you Google it? I did Google it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so go ahead. Hmm. You know, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with my guy here. I'm going to go with Chris Rock. Okay. I like Chris Rock's stand-up. Okay. I think he's a funny comedian. I think he's a funny guy. I think that he... Kills in every aspect of it. In his show, I hate Chris. everybody hates Chris. Was it was funny. His stand up at the Apollo is actually really yeah, good. yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. really good. Um, and I don't know if you ever saw this, like the movie where he uh, pretends to be like, I don't know, if pretends, but he dies and then he gets reincarnated as a white guy. I can't remember the name of the movie. It's like uh, Madagascar. <laughs> yes, because uh, a zebra is black and white, people. So that is true, actually. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, I hate you for that, but fuck it. Wow, there's uh, two guys. I'm mad I took Chris Rock. Not because he's bad, but no, no, I just Chris, thought Chris, of Chris Rock's guy. fantastic. His stand-up is very funny. Okay. So this one, yes, I thank Google for this because my dad would have killed me if I did not realize him because he is one of the main characters in one of the greatest National Lampoon movies of all time, and that is Animal House. John Belushi. Mm. Mm. John Belushi Funny is guy. John Belushi is amazing. He died at a young age, just like Chris Farley did. But as most as most comedians kind of did back then, in like the eighties and nineties, yeah. But like, oh god, it, I don't know if you ever saw Animal House, but oh my god, it is a classic. And also Blues Brothers too. Oh yeah, Blues Brothers is what I knew him for more growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but Animal House was amazing, and he's yeah. a very funny guy. And um, I guess, and I'm not picking this. Ray Romano said on Dan Levitard show that. Him, Belushi, Al Pacino, um, De Niro are doing a movie about some Italian gangster guy. I, I didn't know much about it, but they're doing a movie together. And he said really? Belushi was in it. Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Um, the the scene where he's leading the, the Irishman for some reason. The 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 scene where he's leading the entire like uh, fraternity out, and he's like, "Let's do it!" Come on, how's that not get you pumped up right there? Man, there's this, so there's two guys that I could take with this last pick. Then wow. I think it's a crime that neither of them got drafted. 
You gotta remember, I'm not thinking <sighs> properly, so go ahead. No, no, no. The one guy I wanted from the start to end is older, and he's he's a godfather of this shit. But the I think the other one might be better. You that. got you gotta go with the OG though, man. Ooh, man. Um. All right, I'm gonna go George Carlin. Ah, uh, okay, that's good. That's good. The other guy I was thinking of. Go ahead. Fucking Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld, man. I thought of him as soon as I said Chris Rock. I was like, God damn it. Jerry Seinfeld should be on this list more than almost everyone on this list. And we're just uh, more than two beers deep now, and that is the problem. So, guys, the final team is Greg, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Chevy Chase, Anthony Jeselnik, and John Belushi. Derek has Chris Farley, Bill Murray, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, and George Carlin. I lost this one, probably. You did, and that's not a big issue because you've won many a drafts. And the only reason that you lost it, in my opinion, is because uh, I, I love Pryor and Murphy. Chevy's good. Chevy is, is a phenomenal actor. Jesselnick and Belushi have a lot more to do with your life than overall comedy. True. So to you, you won in your mind. I blame Nico. I blame life. All right, guys. So that was, uh, that was Two Beers Deep, Episode 5. You know what? Our goal is to make it to Episode 8 and... Like, subscribe, and review, by the way. Just kind of saying, since he won't do it. Uh, I say it I say it in, in my heart. Hey, you know what, guys? We really appreciate it, because I know that we've been getting a consistent following of listeners about 14 to 18 a week, and that's, 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 that's twice, better, that's, that's three better, times as many as I thought. That's, so. that's better than what I was expecting. Hey, um, no, guys, if you ever want to help out, if you ever want to do anything, just, you know, let us know. But that's all we got for today. Greg still has a job. Yeah, amazingly. What up? Hey, no, no, no. Hey.